Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is a HeadGum Podcast. In 86, N.M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Mystery. Um... I say we dive right into this fucking book, Tanner, because... Okay. Woo! What did you think of the book? I loved it. But first, I'd like to introduce the show. Okay. Hi, hi. And... Sweet Peaks back! All right! <laughs> oh, my, and he's back again. That's right. Bees and babies, everybody sing. <laughs> We're swimming in a sea of sweet peat now. <laughs> We're going to kiss those feet, better show you how. Is Pete original? Yeah. Is Pete the funny one? Yeah. Is Pete sexual? <laughs> yeah. Is Pete everything you need? You better kiss on those feet. Pete Laranges. Yeah. It's his moment. Yeah. Pete Laranges. The moment in this book. <laughs> Sweet Pete's back. All right. And I have a whole nother verse. And should I sing that now or save it? Can I finish it's mostly the intro? just more feet stuff. I'll throw those feet up in the air. It's a rhetorical question. Kiss them all over like you just okay. That when you said, should I sing this now or say If you want to laugh, let me hear you yell. What we call a rhetorical question. Because Pete's got it going on again. So that's... And that's it? And that's it, yeah. And why... And, and, yeah. Why? Why? <laughs> and welcome to the Babysitter's Club. 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 Mystery. Club. Club. And it my was name, a Pete book. Okay, and it's a Pete book. And it's my a Pete name book. Pete Laranger. Is... Yeah. My okay. name is Pete Laranger. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just getting so excited. <laughs> my name is Pete Laranges. Yeah, my name is Pete... Uh, sweet... Uh, <laughs> my name is Tanner Greenring. <laughs> my name is Feet Shepherd. Damn it! <laughs> My name is Jack Shepard. Your name is Sweet, Sweet Feet of Sweet, Sweet Pete Larange's Tanner Greenring. Ooh, Pete books. And what we do here is we talk about the great works of Talking Peter Larange's Pete Mystery Larange's. Yes. Um, and th- this book is called Babysitter Club Mystery, number 27, Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost, and that exuberance, which you may have detected in our tones, is because it was a Pete book, and Pete was back, and I knew it from the Pete, fucking Pete's very back. beginning of Tell the me. book. Tell me when you knew. Immediately. Fucking immediately. I ne- so, 
to peek behind the curtain a little bit, I've said this before, but I refuse to allow myself to look at who the ghostwriter was until I've finished the third chapter so I can naturally form my opinions. On page two, I just wrote down Lorenzo's moment in my notes because yeah. there was no question in my mind. This is page two, and I, we could probably read a couple, but this is the first moment when I noticed. How many kids do you know with high school-age sisters who take astrophysics? I'll bet you can count them on the fingers of one elbow. It's not easy living with a genius. My sister takes courses at a local college for fun. I happen to think her idea of fun is seriously twisted. Now, I love Janine dearly, but we do not have a lot in common. For one thing, when teachers see her IQ score, they go weak in the knees. Actually, they go weak in the knees when they see mine, too, but for a different reason. I wouldn't know astrophysics from astroturf, and I couldn't begin to spell either one of them. Mention history, and I start to droop. I used to think algebra was a type of lingerie. <laughs> the, the joke saturation I know, in that fucking so paragraph. Dense. Like, I could barely, like, I felt like I was a nipple deep <laughs> in, like, a bog, just trying yeah. to, like, slog my way through the joke-dense atmosphere. <sighs> I had a passage that I, I captured, and the note I took on it was... This doesn't feel like Ellen, maybe Anne, and it was moments later. Yeah. Janine, your headband isn't here. Besides, what's the difference? You don't need a headband to listen to astroturfics. <laughs> Physics, and I'm finished with that. And There's so a lot says, of good astroturfics stuff in this one. The phrase astroturfics, it just jumped out at me. I was like, this is not. Yeah. This is not Ellen. But that wasn't, and then, and then I captured a moment pages later. Yeah. Where I said, oh, okay, this is yeah, Sweet Pete. It's this Sweet has Pete. To be Sweet Pete. And here, and this, is, this was it. Little Stevie must be a teenager by now, not to mention Karen and Laura. What a blast from the past. I knew who they were talking about. Karen and Laura Hatt were these two little girls who used to live in Stony Brook. They moved away when I was four or so, so I couldn't remember them too well. They had an older brother named Stevie. His two front teeth were missing, and he used to call himself Stevie. Stevie. I also remember their dad, Mr. Hat. He was cool. He used to tell us his first name was Cat and The. Yeah. <laughs> Already having a family called, like, and was like, all right, Pete, you're allowed to bring one new family into Stony Brook because I've let Alan do it. And he was like, okay, but they get to be called the Hats. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another Pete moment that I wrote down just because. Oh, my God. I wrote so many down. I know. It was just so good. Okay. So Janine is feuding with uh, her boyfriend, Jerry, oh, yeah. and it's so fun. Oh, no, shouted Janine. Help. I darted back into the living room. Janine was holding back the curtains, peeking outside. What happened? I asked. It's Jerry the jerk, she said, running for the stairs. Tell him I'm not here. Tell him I'm in Siberia on vacation. Uh, don't forget I have a meeting today, I shouted after her. Wham! Went my bedroom door. Ding dong. Steve strode to the front door and pulled it open. Yeah, he grunted. You should have seen the look on Jerry's face. If he were a cat, he would have hissed. Uh, is Janine home? Uh, she's in Liberia, Steve said. <laughs> Siberia, I corrected him. And she's not there anyway, really. She's just busy, Jerry. <laughs> Good. Ah. Man, Pete, it's so nice to have you back in my life, Pete. Pete is so nice. And so what I thought we'd do for this uh, to celebrate uh, our first Pete mystery is I've pulled up his Twitter here, and I thought we might just send him an, a nice oh. little message. That's perfect. Yeah. And then is the review music playing or... Because <laughs> it's kind of like thematically the same sort of thing. Yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, so 
I'm gonna should we s- do this instead of the review, or should we do the review as well? No, we should do this as the review, and Tim Cook's just going to okay. have to be angry. Okay. And Tim, we're sorry, but we can't let this opportunity pass us by. We do need to pen a direct message to Peter Larangis. Yeah, and I guess what, Tim Cook? You heard it here first. The hottest new social network isn't iBooks reviews. It's Pete Larangis' Pete DMs. <laughs> Uh, Peter Larangis at some point possibly because he was harassed by <laughs> the bu- the wonderful members of the Baby Nation made the huge mistake of following us on Twitter <laughs> and we have never is he still following us? yeah okay so I've got his DMs pulled up okay and um, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna co- so what we're gonna do normally we like to review these books Riddle Babies I know we describe them first normally but guess what there are no rules when it's a Pete Larangis book he breaks the rules, so we do too. And we review these books in iBooks for Tim Cook, but not this week. We're reviewing it in Pete Larangis' DMs, and we're going to write a review of the book, and we'll, we'll pull the music up now. Yes. Okay. And I'm just going to do that. Here we are. Pete Larangis. Okay. We usually get a little... <sighs> What's the best word? Incomprehensible. Right. And so we got to keep this comprehensible. This has to be legible. Because he has no context for this. Yeah. And I'm almost 100% certain he doesn't listen to this podcast. Oh, I I pray he doesn't. So I think what I'm going to say is we'll start with something simple. What do you, how do you address a letter? You would just say, dear, um, or to whom it may, to Pete it may concern. To Pete it may concern is pretty good. But I think he knows and we know that we call him Sweet Pete. Okay, so to Sweet Pete it may concern. Yes. Okay, great. That's great. And this is a great start because you want to catch your attention. Yeah. Okay, so to Sweet Pete it may concern. Um, f- five stars on, yeah, for, f- I hope this is, it isn't too late to say this because he wrote this in 1996. <laughs> You should probably, I mean, set that up. Say, I know you wrote this novel in 1996, and I hope it's not too late to say this, but we wanted to give five stars to Babysitter's Club. I know you wrote this in 1996. So I hope it's not too late. This in 96. So So I hope you're still open to feedback. I hope there we go. We got there. I, ho- I know you wrote this in 96, and I've, I've abbreviated it to show that I'm, like, I'm cool. You're, you're like, just, I'm sliding in your DMs. So I hope you're still open to feedback. But we just wanted to write you a quick note to say. We just wanted to slide into your DMs to say. Okay, we just wanted to, okay, that's great. It's like youth lingo, you know? He writes for teens, so he'll, he yeah. knows that. To say, five stars... Oh, we can. You know what? There's no. Um, there's no official review system in DM, so we can give them however many stars we want. Well, I think let's just say five out of five stars. Okay, five out of five stars. Because if we if if we don't have any limits, then I'll just say like infinity stars, right? You know, and then that starts to get to that place where it's becoming incomprehensible. Yeah, and it starts to feel a little stalkery. Right. Um, five out of five stars for Babysitters Club mystery. Number 27, Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. Yes. Great. And I've done an exclamation point. Yeah. Great. We 
Love the work of your colleague, Ellen Miles, who penned most of these books. Can I say best friend and colleague? I would say best friend, open parentheses, question mark, close parentheses. Okay, great. That makes sense. Because we don't know. We assume. We just assume. And colleague, Ellen Miles. Who penned most of these mystery books. Most of these mystery books. But this one was such a breath of fresh air. We had to let you know. See, that seems, I feel like that still feels a little mean to Ellen. So why don't I say, but. Okay. Once we, I want to say once we smelled your sweet, sweet feet, but I think he won't necessarily like that because he doesn't know. And if he does, I'm sure he doesn't love it. Yeah. (laughs) Once we saw the um, acknowledgements. But we don't, that's that's selling ourselves short. But as soon as we. Well, I know, but like. What about this? As soon as we cracked open this scintillating novel. Yes, perfect. We knew. We immediately saw the hallmarks of, of a long a lost friend, Peter Larenges. And then you can maybe say in parentheses, we like to call this the Larenges moment on our show. Great. Okay. Should we ask him how he got so many burns into the book? Because this book, we and I were texting back and forth today, yep. and there were so many burns. The density of burns in this book was so great was so great that we almost called the fire department um we did call the fire department that we that we had to call the fire department and we got a ticket <laughs> for making a false <laughs> a false uh, a false report of an emergency yes and then maybe in parentheses, uh, we'll say like, s- we'll send you the invoice. So if you could s- send us like $180, that would be great. Great. What you are able to do with the Pike family yep. is simply masterful. Great. And deserves a exhibition at the Met. Do you think it may, what if it's already had one? Deserves, um, deserves open parentheses, another question mark, close parentheses. Yeah. Exhibition at the Met. Perfect. Exhibition. <laughs> Great. That'll make a lot of sense to him, I think. Exhibition at the Met. And then I think just for legal... Oh, well, we can do this later, actually. Well, I just want to ask I want to ask him about the ghost, because we'll talk about this a little bit later, but he puts a ghost in this book and doesn't... Okay, yes. And doesn't resolve... Quick question and answer in your own time. Quick question and please answer... In your own time, unless it's classified. Or I'll just um, say... Yeah, unless you're forbidden from doing so. Unless you're forbidden. But you you left us believing that perhaps the ghost in the lighthouse was actually a real ghost. The quote-unquote ghost in the lighthouse was actually a real ghost. Is that true and are ghosts real? Yes. Okay. Anything Thanks else? for your time, Pete. Thanks for your time. See you at the crossroads. Okay. See. Well, you. maybe not. That. that sounds like I think the crossroads is like when we like when we die. cross the rainbow bridge. Okay. So, thanks for your time, Pete. Um, what's it? You want to look up good ways to say goodbye? What about yours until you see the salad? Right? No, I don't think he's gonna like that. Okay. Good ways to say goodbye. To- Funny ways to say goodbye? No, just like d- g- ideal, you know, what's good. What's Because we want to seem professional. We started this with to sweet Pete at May Concern. Okay. 
17 smart ways to say goodbye in English. Perfect. Bye. <laughs> okay. Is number one. Or bye-bye. Okay. It's number two. Let's go with um, bye-bye. That feels like that's... I'm off. We'll do both. I'm off. Bye-bye. Peace out. I got a jet. This is not what I was expecting. Clicking on this instead. Clicking on another one. Okay. Gotta go Buffalo. That's he feels a little too informal. Okay, and he, how about how about bye bye butterfly? See, again, that just feels like taking a liberty that he hasn't necessarily granted us. I feel like Sweet Pete is already pushing. Give a hug, little... ladybug. <laughs> I think I'm off. Bye bye. I'm off. Bye bye. Yeah. And Jack then and Tanner. Jack Shepard and Tanner Green Ring. And then P.S. P.S. We love, we really love this, this one. one. And then just kind of to get the legality around out of the way, say like we are the we are transcribing audio from our podcast. Okay. A PP I'll do PPS. PPS. And for folks out there who say PSS, go fuck yourself. Yeah, postscript script. Yeah, come on. Great idiots. This is a written transcription of audio from our hit podcast, The Babysitter's Club. Mystery Club. Um, and you... And you are legally bound to respond. Yeah, sure. Yes. And we will read your response on it, on air. Okay, I'm going to read that back to you. And yep. then I'm going to stick that right into Pete's uh, DMs. Yep. To Sweet Pete, it may concern... I know you wrote this in 96, so I hope you're still open to feedback. But we just wanted to slide into your DMs to say five out of five stars for Babysitter's Club Mystery number 27, Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. We love the work of your best friend and colleague, Ellen Miles, who penned most of these mystery books. But as soon as we cracked open this scintillating novel, we immediately saw all the hallmarks of a Peter Larangis. We like to call this the Larangis moment on our show. The density of burns in this book was so great that we had to call the fire department. And we got a ticket for making a false report of an emergency. We'll invoice you. <laughs> what you're able to do with the Pike family is simply masterful and deserves another exhibition at the Met. Yeah. Quick question, and please answer in your own time, unless you're forbidden from doing so. You left us believing that the ghost in the lighthouse was actually a real ghost. Is that true? And are ghosts real? Thanks for your time, Pete. I'm off. Bye-bye. We're off, maybe, I guess. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. We're off. Or we can do the bye-bye butterfly thing. Because it just adds, like, the whole... Hearing it read back, yeah. it feels very rigid. It feels very formal. Okay. It sound like f three friends. Like, We're off. Bye-bye butterfly. And should I say, I hope it's okay to say that, or just bye-bye butterfly? Maybe just bye-bye butterfly. Maybe just bye-bye butterfly. Okay. We're off. Bye-bye butterfly. Yep. Should I say comma butterfly? Bye-bye, comma, butterfly. Yeah. Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring. P.S. We really love this one. P.P.S. This is a written transcription of audio from our hit podcast, The Babysitter's Club Club, and you are legally bound to respond, and we will read your response on Yes. Great. And with any luck, he will respond by the time we are finished with the episode. Great. And I guess that that was an adequate enough review of the book for yeah. the Riddle Babies, right? I Yeah, I think so. Well, you know what I'll do? I just figured this out. Once we get a response from Pete, we'll just stick the same thing in iBooks reviews and Goodreads, Goodreads. Yeah. and we'll just say this review will come in the form of 
a uh, letter we wrote to our best friend, Sweet Pete Laranges. Yep, that's great. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. Tanner, what I was thinking is that maybe we could describe this novel. Okay, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay, so the way it's that... kind of already like given a little bit away with the ghost stuff. Yeah, in that yeah, there is a real DM. ghost. Um, so yeah, let's get to it. The way that we like to do this is um, this actually makes me think of something. Yeah, do we or does she? Mm-hmm. That's a good way to say what you're um, able to say. I think. Follow Ellen on Twitter. I don't think she's on Twitter. Oh, what the fuck? Is that true? I'm looking. Because you're, you're thinking we could just send all these reviews to her. There's someone called Ellen Miles. Why aren't? Yeah. Why aren't we reaching out to Ellen? She, well, she, this is. There's someone called an Australian Norwegian singer songwriter. That might be her. There are just so many Ellen Miles. Right. Uh. Well, Who Ellen. That? Yeah. If you're out there and you're listening, we want to. We want to be in touch. Yeah. We you know. Do. We want to yeah. be. We want to be able to have sort of unfettered access to. Yeah. You and your DMs, so please yeah, do at us. Yeah, don't you want to have the experience that Pete Larangis is about to have? He's probably right. like he's promoting his new book in the YA cycle that he finished last year, right? And but but he's going to get a nice little ego boost from somebody who read something he wrote more than twenty years, years ago. ago, right? That's so. Yeah, Ellen, please do follow us on Twitter. We need to be able to slide into those DMs. Uh, Tanner, what I'd like to do is describe this book, and then we'll have you describe the book. Um, I want to do a, a br- little disclaimer before my description. Um, normally, what I do when yep. I describe these books is I um, spend a lot of time writing a really nice and thoughtful, kind of flowery description. Yeah, yeah, I think and, I've noticed that. Yeah, you know, I, I I put a lot of effort into it, and it's always my own original work. Today, I was very busy, and I okay. did not have a lot you of time. You didn't do one. I I did one. I did one. Oh, okay, I, okay. I read the book right up to the wire, though, and so I only had maybe I would say one minute okay. before you got on here for me to do it. So it's a little rough around the edges, but it is my. Original work. I want that to be clear. Uh, for, and I'm gonna, can I admit something? Yeah. When I realized that I only had a minute to write this review, I thought to myself, you know what I could do is I could go online and find some movie or book about like a ghost in a lighthouse. I that's that, but that's like that's cutting corners in a way that we don't, and do. then just kind of adapt it. And a, I would never morally would never do that. And right. B, there are very, actually very few movies or books about a ghost in a lighthouse. Not a okay. lot. So, right. and so this is my own original work, and I just wanted to have a disclaimer so people don't judge me. It's not my best. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. And then you'll just pick up the pieces afterwards and, and describe it in 60 seconds. If I need to. If yep. I even need to. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Yep. Yep. Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost is a 2003 short 4D film. It debuted in several United States theme parks, including SeaWorld San Diego and SeaWorld San Antonio. There are no critic reviews yet for Haunted Lighthouse, R.L. Stein's haunt. Wait, sorry. For Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost, 
Keep checking Rotten Tomatoes for updates. There are no featured audience reviews for Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost at this time. Right. There are no approved quotes yet for this movie, for this book. Babysitter's Club Mystery, number 27, Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. Okay, great. You know, it's workmanlike. It's what I would describe as workmanlike. Yeah, it, it's not It's not flowery. It's not no. over-descriptive. It's not overwrought. It just gets you're the job done. It's getting out there. It's brass yeah. tacks, you're saying. Here's everything you need to know about this book. And Nuts and bolts. Nothing more and yep. nothing less. Mm-hmm. And I think it did a really great job of... Summing it up. Summing the entire book up. Great. Uh, thank you. Remind me again... You'd said something really, I thought, very funny and insightful at the very top of your yeah. recap. Mm-hmm. Remind me again what you said about, um, I think it was something like, maybe like what the critical consensus was. <laughs> oh, the, there are no critic reviews yet for Haunted Lighthouse, R.L. Stein's Haunted, I mean, for um, for Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. Okay. There's no, um, and keep checking Rotten Tomatoes for updates. Yeah, and there wouldn't be, you know, because it's a perfect <laughs> no. book. Yeah, and it's perfect. Pete and in wrote fact, a perfect book, and the critics, like, they don't have anything to say. You know what? Check Rotten Tomatoes for updates, because I'm going to go in there and update them. Guess what? There's one critical review now, and it's in Pete Larangis' DMs. Yep. And you can find it there if you want, yep. and that's where it is. Yep, it'll say, it'll yeah. have a little, like, silhouette of a man, and it'll <laughs> yeah. say, Jack Shepard, comma, Pete yeah. Larangis' DMs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it'll say 100% fresh <laughs> the disruptive new media startup <laughs> Pete Larangis's DMs <laughs> yeah okay well that yep. was great yep. um, I guess I can maybe come in and try to patch in some of the gaps yeah. you left in the narrative a little bit yes great okay um, I would like that but do I have like a constraint on time or something in which I need to do that or can I just kind of go freewheeling well so what i was thinking is that i could rip into the fabric of space time and oh i would pull it i wouldn't apart, do that pull it apart i think that's excessive for what we need to accomplish and today. on uh, there's there are pros and cons one of the cons is that time and temporality as we know it will stop being a concept that makes any sense already as, if you've read any con you know that it's already a concept that we use to help us make sense of our reality it's it's like a lens and it's not an actual thing that exists in the world but that will become abundantly clear as soon as i do that and 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 painfully clear for everyone yeah and we might stretch out to be infinitely thin is something that i think might physically yes physically yes okay uh on the other hand yeah. You'll have a clear constraint, which is what it seems like you're asking for, which is 60 seconds. No, no, no. I'm actually kind of hoping I don't. Book. So I'm gonna I feel reach, like I'm gonna with reach... some of the, the little tastes we gave in the in Pete's DM and, frankly, your complete lack of <laughs> any context or description of the book at <laughs> yeah. all in yeah. yours, yeah. I feel like I could probably use free range to just sit and talk about the book for a little while. Okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this very mysterious and extremely dangerous clock that I have okay. Um And if those 60 seconds stretch into you 90... You know what I heard? I, you know what? That'll be I okay. heard we don't even need clocks. Yeah, no, where we're There's going. this guy called Kant. 
Yeah. Who said that someday we're all going to be little thin spaghettis. <laughs> yeah. That because is what he said. there's yeah. no time. Yeah. So disrupting the clock industry. Emmanuel Kant. <laughs> Emmanuel Kant. Four out of five clockmakers hate him. <laughs> um, I'm going to put 60 seconds on this mysterious clock that I have handy. And if it stretches. A little further than that, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna penalize you. I mean, it doesn't lot... matter. It doesn't matter because time is time is meaningless, fiction. and that's what we've learned. Um, and oh, I hear it's it's happening, and it's it's ready, and you need to just start describing this novel in. You can't. I usually say the five, four, and three out loud. Oh, okay, sorry. In yeah. five, four, four, three. three. Go. Okay, so the Hat family is friends with Mr. Kishi. Alex, Alexander Hatt is friends with Mr. Kishi, and he's moving back to Stony Brook because he owns the lighthouse in Stony Brook, and he wants to refurbish it and make it nice again because it's become a little run down. Um, and everyone is pissed that the Hats are back in town, and they're staying with the Kishis for two weeks while they all look for jobs because they got kicked out of Arizona because Steve Hatt got up to some mischief that goes uh, undescribed for most of the novel. Um, And there's two girls and a teenage boy and a mom and a dad. And they get there and everyone, they realize that everyone hates the hats. And there's some thing in the past that happened at the lighthouse that makes everyone hate the hat family. And that's the mystery. And then they need to figure out what happened. And they figure out that a little boy died and, it turns out it was the son of the guy who lives right next door to the lighthouse, Langley, and it turns out that he was being hazed. And time. To join a gargoyle cult. Yeah, that was cool. It's good to have you back, Pete. There's yeah. a gargoyle cult in this one called Friends of Fred. Fred is a gargoyle. Fred is a gargoyle, and uh, a boy died. And I guess this is as good a time as any for us to uh, say whether we guessed the mystery. Okay. Liz, can you come in here? Yes. She there? Oh, oh yeah, she's setting up the Try not a... to bother the creep pros because I know it's so busy here tonight, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. You're guessing the mystery. And that's it. And I'm sing? supposed to sing Sublime now? Yeah, I think so. That's what okay. I was waiting for. How's Badfish go? I don't know that that Sublime's fucking discography all that well. Ain't got no quarrels with Anne. Ain't got no time to guess this one. Lord knows I'm wrong. (laughs) Somebody get me off of this week. I don't know. Okay, great. Uh, and because uh, I'm a bad fish too. Okay, great. Yeah, and those dulcet tones that you just heard uh, mean that it can only be one thing that's happening. And what that thing is is that at the end of chapter five of these books, we write down what we think the mystery is going to be, and n- this is the part where we read what what our guess was and how'd you do? This was a tough swing one. and a miss. Swing and a miss. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Here's what I wrote. Yeah, at the end of chapter five, Pete just keeps us guessing, and he leaves an actual ghost in this. Oh, God, no fucking idea. Yeah. <laughs> Langley had a son who was friends with Steve. He <laughs> fell off the lighthouse by accident. The ghost is a combination of 
Mr. Langley driving the hats away and Steve trying to get his family to move back to Arizona. Yeah, that's about where I got. Here's mine. Um, Some kid died at the lighthouse? They shouldn't have been there. It wasn't the hat's fault, but Mr. Langley blames them for it. The ghost is just some local, maybe a Langley relative, trying to scare them off the property. Steve did bad crimes at school, and he's doing bad crimes in Stony Brook, too, now. He needs help. We are both wrong, yeah. and I think for once I'm allowed to kind of shove your face in it because yeah, no, you were my slightly more wrong. Yeah, I was slightly more wrong. And I because should... turns out that... Smell what I did. It wasn't a relative of the Langleys. There is another Langley son. Right. And there is a moment where you think, oh, it's whatever his name is, Avery Langley. Uh, Adrian. Well, uh, Patrick. Adrian is the one who died. Patrick yeah. Langley. Um, his younger brother. And Pete did kill a boy. Keep Pete killed a boy. We should say that. And we've right. mostly said nice things about Pete, and we didn't say it in his DMs, but we, he, he did, did, kill, he did kill a boy. So, But then you also said Steve is a bad boy, and he turns out he's not. He's no, he's not bad at all. Falsely accused. He's falsely accused. And he's kind of a bad boy. He did want to throw an illicit party at the lighthouse. Yes, he did want to throw an illicit party at the lighthouse. Oh, and I feel like I m- might as well read you a poem right now. Okay, yeah. Um, and I'm going to just do that. They walk in beauty, night and noon. These handsome men who do their worst, singing their beguiling tune. I find myself immersed in thirst, or as the youth say, hashtag swoop. With hashtag vapors, I've been cursed. And it's our hashtag swoon, and I'm sure it was true for you as well, because I wrote down under my hashtag swoon section, holy fuck, my heart is palpitating. Yeah. Because little Stevie with a lisp, guess what? He's a total beefcake now. He's a total beefcake, and he's beautiful. Yeah. Shall I read this passage to you? Yep. A minivan was parked at the curb. I recognized Mr. and Mrs. Hat, who were each holding wrapped presents. The kids, however, looked totally unfamiliar. Especially the tall, wavy-haired, teenaged guy with the high cheekbones and the ripped jeans jacket. Is that Stevie? Janine asked. Janine, don't you dare say that to his face, I warned her. All the adults gushed and mushed over everybody. We kids stood there in Deville, smiling and nodding politely. Except Stevie. He kept looking angrily up and down the street, as if he were expecting someone he didn't particularly like. He did talk a little, though, to my mom. She said, what a handsome young man. I'll bet no one calls you Stevie anymore. Uh-uh, he said. Uh-uh. Steve. Ugh. The corners of his lips turned up a fraction of an inch. That's that my father-in-law's name, so. Okay, I'll try not to read this too sexy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that tiny motion brought his whole face to life. His eyes were gray-blue like a winter sky. They cut right through the long lock of brown hair that hung over his forehead. He looked at me for about a millionth of a second, then looked back up the street. A millionth of a second was enough. Maybe these next few weeks wouldn't be so horrible. Achi-machi! Janine's the one who's like horned up for Steve. Steve, And Janine gets horned up for Steve. And Jerry is very jealous. Uh, Can I tell you about the boy I was horned up for this week? Yeah, please. I didn't think there might be another. Oh, leave it to Sweet Pete. Yeah. 
Jesse arrived just as Mr. Pike was setting up the telescope on a tripod. We get to look through it before. Oh, there's a meteor. There's uh, a meteor. Comment. It's a B plot. Do not, do not. If you fucking come after Tanner for leaving that out, I'm gonna come after you and your family because there's a lot in this. There's a there's, comment which we'll get into because it's, yeah, it's important. It's an important. Yeah, we'll talk about the comment after the break. We get to look through it before the babysitters. Margot cried. Boys before girls. Nikki cried. No fair. Vanessa squealed. Time out, everybody. Mr. Pike yelled. Mm. Mom and I have to leave for our concert. I was hoping to have time to supervise you, but I don't. So I can do one of two things. <laughs> Put this back inside until I come home. No, screamed the kids. Or trust you to take turns. Treat this with respect. And listen to everything Jesse and Mal say. We will, came a chorus of voices. Scout's honor, added Jordan. You're not a scout, Nikki grumbled. Be gentle, Mr. Pike said softly to Jesse. It's a delicate instrument. <laughs> and with that, he was off. John fucking Pike. Be careful, John Pike. Be, I'm a delicate instrument. Yeah, be gentle, John Pike. Oh, you gotta leave for your concert with mom? More like your symphony. Right. Oh. Of beauty. Of, of, hey, of what? They don't have of kisses? Eight children from uh, going yeah, to concerts. Doing sex. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to kind of dance around that. Yeah. But yes, a very handsome man. And John Pike is very, very good looking and yeah. extremely sexy. And I can't believe I missed that. Yeah. To be and every word out of his mouth is just like, yeah. makes me shudder with pleasure. <laughs> be gentle. <laughs> it's a delicate instrument. <laughs> oh, John. John. So, yeah, before we go on the break, I think we should probably address, the, get, getting back to the, the mystery itself, uh, Pete does a thing which Ellen has never dared to do, and he resolves almost all of the pieces of the mystery. Yep. Um, the, there are crazy notes being sent to the hats with funny jokes, but they're not funny because they're, like, written out of magazine letters, and it's scary, but that are like, we won't be wearing hats here in Stony Brook if you right. go home. Those Gamer people. magazines. Yeah, they're, they're from like Game Informer. Yeah, that, she does mention that. <laughs> Which is weird because it turns out that it's like a... It's a 26-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's resolved. It turns out it was this kid who threw a hazing ritual in the old days, caused Adrian Langley to be locked in the lighthouse, and he got claustrophobia, tried to climb out, and fell to his death. Um, And then that kid is just basically trying to keep anyone from finding out that it happened. He's still just like a a guy in Stony Brook. Langley thinks it's the hats. He's angry with them. They make up. Um, But a thing that happens every time they go to this lighthouse to try to fix it up, because the hats have moved back into town for that very purpose, they hear ghosts. They hear yep. ghosts in the there's, walls. There's of the disembodied voices saying, "Like move, echoing throughout. Get, the get out, leave us alone." And so, the end of this novel, the last lines of this novel, Tanner. Yep. Okay, Christy said softly. Which one of you whispered, "He's outside," when the lights went out upstairs? Not me," said Abby. Uh, I was too busy shaking to speak," added Stacy. Mallory and I were on the stairs, Marianne reminded us. I heard it too, Christy, exclaimed Jesse. But I thought it was you. I didn't say a word. But as I entered the lighthouse, my knees 
We're shaking. So go surreal and do again. Can you go to Twitter? Yeah. And do we have confirmation from Pete yet? Oh, I, okay. So I went got to Twitter and, and I do have a response from okay, Peter Lorandis. Great. And now I'm I'm gonna read it now. God yep. bless him for God responding him, so Pete. quickly. The Pike family exhibit is still at the Met. At least that's what they tell me when it's time to renew membership. Ghosts. <laughs> oh, okay. Scare warning. So funny. Golly, Pete. Scare warning. Yep. Ghosts are definitely real. One of them stole that invoice you sent me because ghosts also notoriously suck. I'm glad you <laughs> like the mystery. I don't remember a thing about it. <laughs> My kids were screaming the whole time. <laughs> God bless him, huh? Oh, thank you. What a Pete. treasure. What a treasure. Um, and I guess we're going to go. Well, and so it goes surreal, and now it's confirmed. Uh, yeah, it and goes surreal, and it's and confirmed. They, they eat invoices. Yeah, and that's very scary. Um, all right, we're going to take a quick break now. All right. Goodbye. You say goodbye. I did. And now, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um. A dilly dilly, my lord. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil betters to... Um, Make small, lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Bedfellows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders 
with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Mystery. We're back. We're back, Jack. I have a new segment. It's brand new to the series. It's brand new to every podcast we've ever done. Or any podcast ever done. Um, Technically true. Yep. And I think you're going to love it. Okay. Great. I think it's going to be your favorite new segment. Okay. And here's what it's called. It's called... And there's music playing or something. Yeah. It's called... Uh, well, actually, I have a question mm-hmm. before I can introduce the segment. How do you say ancient Greek in ancient Greek? Um, Greek is Hellene, um, and I, I don't have access to my. He's going to the forums very quickly to, to ask my his buds. Little my little and Scott. <laughs> you know, the little and Scott is the main Greek dictionary, and those of us who study Greek, uh, there, there's a big one, a small one, and a medium sized one, and we call them. Big little, middle little, and little little. <laughs> <laughs> wow, too bad. Um, um, and I don't have even my little little in the. In, yeah, we haven't done in, burn of the week yet in this or, room. Uh, yeah. Do you have all three? Yeah, I got. All th- I no, I have a I have a middle little and a little little. A, okay. a big little is really big. So that's oh, so uh, you might. There's a Christmas gift idea for you, yeah. little babies for Jack. Get him the big little. So it would probably be Elenica. Is what I'm thinking now. So it might be Elenica. Which Elenica. what what might be Elenica? So what you could say is something like Archaia Elenica. I think. Okay. That would work. So and this is the segment. It's called Archaia Elenica with Professor Jack the Dork Shepherd. Okay. And, you, and it's ancient yeah. Greek lessons with uh, Professor Jack the Dork Shepherd. Okay. And yes. Okay. And this is it. Um, <laughs> You know what I learned in school, Jesse said? The word comet comes from the Greek word for hair. Right. The comet. ancient people thought the comet's tail was white hair. Right. And and I'm guessing I'm what I guess I'm the, the purpose of the segment is to confirm or deny that that is the case. Okay, so here's what I can tell you. I picked up on this as well. Kome does mean hair. Hair. But it is likely that comet comes from kometes, meaning long-haired. Okay. Um, and it's a metaphor. They didn't actually think it was made of hair. That's just a way of describing it. It looks like it's a head with long hair, doesn't it? And Jessie should fucking check herself before she fucking wrecks herself. That's funny, because later on, all the kids in Stony Brook become worried that the comet is going to smash into Connecticut. Yeah. So Carolyn and Marilyn go to the drugstore to buy hairspray because their thinking is if the comet rams into Earth, they can use the hairspray to stiffen the hair right, as it comes yeah. and therefore avoid a lot of the damage. And they right. say this to the clerk at the drugstore. And uh, I think Claudia is with them during that passage. And she's like, it kind of seemed like the clerk believed them. <laughs> Well, we don't know. We, there's so much, and this is something that Pete taught us with this book. There's so much we don't know about Comet. This is the V-Hoff Comet. It's called the V-Hoff Comet, and it's something that Pete invented. Or, sorry, a better way of saying it is it is something that Pete discovered in the Stony Brook universe. Yes. It's not, it's not common to our universe. Yet. Yet. 
It's called the V-Hoff Comet. Um, Mallory and Jesse think that it might be made of hair. Uh, Stacy says, is it true that if the V-Hoff Comet comes too close to Earth, people start turning into werewolves? That's troubling. Uh, and here's what Ben Habat says. And should I say it in an Australian accent? I feel like people yep. really don't like it I when feel we like, do that. But it's also, what I are we supposed like to do? it's kind of our responsibility. We, we're journalists. Right. Aren't we? Right. And we're you know when they do like an interview with someone who is from a non-English speaking country and they do the thing where they like duck their audio down and have an English speaker do the audio above it? Yeah. And they always find someone who has an accent similar to the person. No, exactly. Who... And that's what journalists do. And so that's why I'm going to say it the way I'm going to say it. But think about this is scary. I heard that a comic calls nice flood, Ben said. It killed the dinosaurs too. When it passes across the sun, it cuts off all the light. The world goes dark for 13 days and all the plants die. Then the plant eaters die. Then the meat that's eaters. You. That would that's, be us. Then the meat eaters. That's everyone else. In modern times. Else. Johnny put his hands over his ears. I'm not going to listen. Johnny is Australian too. Yeah. Oh, Johnny shit. Hobart. Damn it. Johnny put his hands over his ears. I'm not going to listen. On the 13th day... Ben continued, rats run in the streets and dead people rise up from their graves and yep. turn into ghosts and haunt the world. Yep. And that's scary, and that is scary. And that's scary, and that's the plot of the Netflix original film Spectral. Spectral, yeah, which I highly recommend. I don't know if I've recommended it on this podcast before, but you got to see it. Yep. And a lot of these books are based on it. Yeah, but that's not really what we're here to talk about, is it, Tanner? Because we're dancing around something. I think there's a lot of theories about what happens yeah. when the Beehoff comic comes. Mm. Some people think that it brings a terrible flu, right? Some people think that it turns people into werewolves. Werewolves, and uh, some Australians think that rats run in the streets and dead people rise up from their graves and turn into ghosts and haunt the world, like the, like in the Netflix original movie Spectral. Spectral, yep. But then Matt Braddock and Buddy Barrett, right, have their own theory on what happens when the the comet comes. Yes. Matt was wearing a strange pair of sunglasses. Each lens looked like a miniature comet with a white sparkly tail. And that is literally the plot of the yep. Netflix original film, Spectral. Spectral. Yes. You need the glasses to see the ghosts so you yeah. can fight them. And if you haven't ghosts. seen that yet, please do your fucking homework. Buddy had on a pair of antennae. Abby cracked up. Who are you two? He's the beehive comet. And I'm the creature who lives on him, which is. And so. So Pete really went for this. Pete. Yeah. These girls are, you might as well have called this novel. These girls are bees. These girls are bees and. And bees are from outer space. The Pete and bees are from outer space and so are the, the ghosts from. Yes. The Netflix original film spectral. Yes. And, and bees... it's all one universe and it's a shared universe. Yeah. Then why didn't you call it that, Pete? God, I wish we yep. still had the DMs open, but we don't. Because I have a lot that I want to ask. Can him we? About. Should we crack? Should we crack into him again? <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> okay. He was already very gracious. We can't take advantage of that. Yeah. 
So it's all bees. They're all bees. It's all yeah. bees, and everyone's a bee. And the meteor, the comet comes, and and it doesn't bring, it doesn't turn everyone into werewolves, and it doesn't raise the dead. What it does is it turns everyone into bees, and they're all bees. And now yeah. it's all bees. And now it's all bees. And and Pete did finally explain it, and he put it in mystery number twenty-seven. And now we're finally seeing what happened. The bees came from space. The bees came from space, and yeah. it's all bees. And it's all and bees. Of course, it was. And they're all bees. Yeah. All um, bees all the way down. Yeah, it's it's all bees all the way down, as we always say. That's our big catchphrase. Um, I would like to ask you, Tanner, something. You know what was a fun surprise in this book while you're trying to figure out where you're headed? Yeah. It was a Christmas book. Yeah, <laughs> it's a Christmas book. Which is something that Pete seemed to decide about five, six of the way in. Yeah. Janine's like listening to Christmas carols on her computer. And, yeah. And so Janine and Claudia are sharing a room. Yes. Which is something we have not gotten into yet. Yeah. Because the hats are staying with them. Yeah. And they're driving one another insane, and Janine is listening to Christmas carols on her computer, and Claudia's like, oh, no, it's Christmas. I almost completely forgot. Sounds like what something Pete probably said like yeah. late in the book. And he did tell us that his kids were screaming at him the whole way through writing this. <laughs> and so were the classic lawyers. They're like, they're like this one comes out in December. It's our, our Christmas books always sell the best. Yeah. So, like, we're thinking something like Claudia's Christmas, and he's like, uh, there's a ghost in a lighthouse, and <laughs> bees are from outer space. And they're like, what yeah. the fuck is this manuscript, Pete? Put Christmas in and He's it. like, oh, uh, Claude, uh, Janine plays Christmas carols on a CD-ROM. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to how high fidelity the sound is. <laughs> she put it in her, like, Encarta. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a Christmas book. But anyway, you were going to introduce a segment. I wasn't, well, I was, but the, the, saying Encarta reminded me of this, and this is scary too, and this is something that Pete has also confirmed, and Pete just kind of, he's metaphorically slid into our DMs, metaphorically, and confirmed right. all of our theories, and listen to this, speaking of Encarta. My heart was breaking, says Claudia. My room looked like a storage closet. My escape, my studio, my own little world, Shattered. On my wall shelves, beautiful art books were side-by-side side with titles such as Fundamentals of Thermodynamics and Programming Tips for DOS Users. <laughs> sounds like segments we've had in the past. Yeah, it sounds like segments we've had in the past, and it also sounds like Janine is building an AI-enabled thermonuclear <laughs> device. Does it not? Yeah. And it does. It does. And by AI, I mean DOS. Yeah, do well, it's powered by DOS. Yeah, powered by DOS. Yeah, which at yeah. the time was the most powerful operating system. Yeah, what is this, 96? Like, Windows 95 had just come out. Exactly. Not many people knew about it yet. <laughs> but yeah, why would you have both of those books unless you were building a sentient AI to take on the fucking Comet Bees? And that's why she's doing it. Yep. And I do think that this book should have been called... Sentient AI versus Comet Bees. How about that for a Christmas book? I would have liked to get that book for Christmas. Would Let's think about this from the perspective of the biz dev people at Scholastic. They would fucking Let's put eat ourselves that in up. Shoe. Okay. If I am a 13-year-old girl and I'm going to the bookstore to yeah. look for a book to read and I see a book, a familiar series called The Babysitter's Club Mystery, and this one is called- Claudia and the Christmas Lighthouse. Not interested. No. What's a Christmas lighthouse anyway, I would say? That doesn't make any sense. That's nothing. I see a book called 
Babysitter's Club Mystery. Number 27. Number 27. The sentient AI versus the bee comet? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm picking that one up. I'm picking that up, and I'm picking up and a I'm few sure Hodges... as gifts from my friends. You give that prompt to Hodges? Yeah. He probably He's already drew it. He probably races. already drew it. He'd <laughs> yeah. be like, oh, yeah, it's a self-portrait. Let me go to my infernal archives yeah. and find it. I already made one of these. I'll just need, here's what I need from you. <laughs> An ounce of goat's blood and an immaculate opal. <laughs> and then I'll be able to retrieve that painting Yeah, from my archives. Anyway, yeah. you had a segment you wanted to introduce. <laughs> well, I wanted to ask you this question. Okay. So we already know from a previous book that uh, the world of the Babysitter's Club Mysteries is known throughout the universe as Woods Hole, where they study the whales. Right. Yep. Uh, I think Pete has hinted at another name for it. Okay. Haley had a comet named after her. Claire piped up. She told me. That's Halley's Comet, Vanessa said. It's named after another astronomer, not Haley Braddock. How do you know? Claire retorted. I think astronomers are very selfish, Margot said. They should name comets after regular people, too. See that? Adam pointed to the big maple tree in the pike yard. From now on, that will be known as the Adam Tree. I call the Claire Picnic Table, Claire shouted. The Margot Cloud. The Nikki Bush. The Byron House. The Jordan World. The Jordan world. And so this is the Jordan world. Just and very I th- quickly, I want to continue that passage. Yeah, and I thought you might. And I think before you continue it, what we should do is read a, a poem. Read a gothic poem. And we mentioned this briefly in our DM to Pete. Yep. This book is fucking loaded with burns. And before you read a poem, I took the liberty of writing a song. Oh, Okay. Um, that I think all do we do the poem and the song or the song is not to set up the segment. It's just I needed to put something down to express my feelings about this. That's segment fine, and I get in that the context, and of I get it. Yep, w- how I perceived this book and what Pete did with this book. Yep, and what I wrote was this. What you gonna do with all these burns, all these burns inside this book? I'ma get, get, get you turned, make you squirm with all my burns. My burns, 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 my lovely little burns. That's great. And, and it almost sounds like you have never heard that never song heard the song My Humps in Your Life. <laughs> and, but I admire the fact, I mi- admire your ambition and that is just how it, it is how i felt about this book because there's so many burns and so I don't many know, burns i don't know what to do and so you're gonna read a poem and then we're gonna fucking do a shitload of burns rapid fire burn for burn oh taunt thou art sick a very good burn that stings you so right a knife that doth turn it gets in your head but oh so soon it will cause me to have to Call the burn unit. And it's the burn of the week, and this is my burn. Yeah. And it's a continuation of everything Jack just said. I call the Claire picnic table, Claire shouted. The Margot Cloud. The Nikki Bush. The Byron House. The Jordan World. Vanessa turned from the telescope. You can't name the whole world for yourself, greedy. Oops. I have to go use the Vanessa toilet, Jordan <laughs> taunted her. <laughs> Okay, that's good. All right. So good. Just like and that's that's a throwaway burn. That's a throwaway. I don't That's one of the throwaway burns. 
he just dashed that one off. There's so many. There's so many. And this is the thing. You give Pete the pikes. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. That's what I was. I said to you in a text today. It's like handing a child a book of matches. It's like chum in the water. You don't fucking hand Pete a book that's full of pikes and Claudia and Janine. Wow, yeah, right. He's gonna set the world on fire. Yeah, and, and he did melt with you and melt with you. Thank and he you. melted with us and he did melt with us. Um, all right, so here's what I think we should do: burn for burn, as many as we can get out in ooh, two minutes. Okay. Uh, shall I set a timer? Yep. Okay, so I'm going to set a timer for two minutes, and during those two minutes, we can say as many burns, taking it in turn to say a burn, and then we just have to stop at the end. And then whoever gets the most burns uh, wins wins the game. Ready? I start. Yep. Go. Time for the Ricky laugh. I closed up my throat and made a sound like a seal's bark. Ha, 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 ha. You would have thought Desi Arnaz was in the Kishi living room. My older sister, Janine, appeared at the top of the stairs wearing headphones. Did you bring a dog home? She asked. Nope, I said. It's just me. Can you tell who I was in? Then will you please stop yapping? <laughs> Janine Parson? I'm listening to my astrophysics lecture. Um, okay, my turn? Yeah. Uh, the hats will be arriving Sunday. Sunday, I repeated. That's in two days. Your math is improving, Janine murmured. <laughs> what happens if they can't find the house, I asked. Mom shrugged. We'll host them for a month if that's what it takes. But that's... Five people. Excellent, Claudia, Janine interjected. <laughs> Will you shut up? I snapped. <laughs> okay, here's mine. It's a bird on Janine. No, thanks, Janine replied from the living room. I'm not hungry anymore. I cleared her plate, loaded the dishwasher, and wiped off the table. What did Janine do to help? Nada. Zip. When I went into the living room, she was staring out the front window. I guess looking for Jerry is more important than cleaning up, I grunted. How do I look? She asked. She was wearing a gray pleated wool skirt and a white Oxford button-down long sleeve shirt. Very clean, I replied. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, the triplets, Adam, Byron, and Jordan, were jostling each other for position. I'm 40 seconds younger than you, Adam said, elbowing in front of Jordan. Yeah, but I'm more interested in astrology, Jordan retorted. At least I know it's astronomy, Byron said. So you're still ugly, Adam snapped. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything, Byron asked. See, you admit it. <laughs> okay, this is a bird on Jerry. We only have 10 seconds left. Guess what? Jerry didn't show up at his promised time, 8.10 or 8.20 or 8.30. By 8.45, Janine was a wreck. Her face was all red and she was pacing the living room like a caged but very smart beast how can he do this to me she muttered does he think i have time to waste call him i suggested maybe something happened i hope it was awful janine looked at her watch (laughs) (laughs) okay you have time for one more one more vanessa suddenly announced i made up a rhyme oh no the triplets groaned vanessa is the poet of the pike family comet comet in the sky nice to meet you flying high we learned all about you in our class are you made of ice or gas you will be my very first comet vanessa paused um that's all i have so far i can finish it adam shouted vanessa's poems make me want to vomit <laughs> that's not even half the birds in this fucking book that's i wrote down like 20 i got a thousand more yeah <sighs> Can you see what we are up against, Riddle Babies? This is what we're up against. It's like a dense fog. It's dense. Let's see. Is there anything? Oh, I wanted to talk about... (laughs) This is another thing that you don't give Pete. It's dangerous to give Pete. Abby, in this book, has some fucking serious dinosaur energy. 
She's okay. coming with Abby, the fucking dino and, and energy. You give week. you give Pete access to Abby, and it's, you're fucking finished. It's so dangerous. You're finished. You're finished. We've talked about this before, but Nola tends to write Abby books. And at first, I was like, "Why wouldn't you give Pete Abby books? That's that's where he shines. Like, right. give him the fucking comedian. He's gonna fucking kill with that." But I'm realizing right. now this isn't even an Abby book. But Abby in this book is like dangerous. Yeah, just dangerous. And if you had a whole Abby book, it would be too much for us. Um, here are a couple of things she does. This is an Abby thing. We all ducked into the bathroom. Oh, so that like that the Kishi house gets totally fucking packed. Yeah, with like five new people. Yeah, um, and so they can't find anywhere to find uh, to have their babysitters clip meeting. We all ducked into the bathroom. Hello, Claudia speaking. I said into the cordless phone. My voice was echoing off the tiles. Abby was cracking up. She pantomimed flushing the toilet, which I did not find funny. <laughs> Hello, it's Mrs. Arnold, said the voice on the phone. I need a sitter for next Sunday. Three to five? Okay, I said. I'll call you right back. I hung up. I was now sitting on the closed-up toilet. Balancing the record book on her knees, Marianne was perched on the edge of the bathtub. Christy was actually in it. Stacy and Abby were leaning against the sink, and Jesse and Mal were on the floor. It's the BSC! Abby said, Bathroom Sitters Club! (laughs) (laughs) I wish Pete had written every Abby book that ever I know. Because he's so good at it. So good at it. She's so good. (sighs) There's just so much to talk about, and I have so many more notes, but we're quickly running out of time. Yeah. And I'm just trying to quickly prioritize in my head what's most important to me. Yeah. What do you like? Now. What do you like? It's your it's your day. It's your day today. Uh, well, I guess I haven't written a poem about this. Yeah. And I feel bad about that. Can we use our old music for it? That'll be nice for whoever's but I editing this. We'll just use the old intro. Okay, great. That we used to do all the time. Great. That sounds great because somebody probably spent a lot of time figuring that out. Yeah, and it's called Cool School. Welcome to our school. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta go to school. <laughs> Welcome to Cool School. Welcome to Cool School. I gotta go to school. I gotta go to school. I gotta, I gotta. I gotta and I'm go Professor. Oh God, who's cool? Um, who's, who's cool? Who's cool? Um, um, Professor. God, who's cool? Who's cool? Who's cool? Um, okay, I, here's I, um, here's someone who's cool. Yeah. yeah, my name is Professor Peter Lorangis. Oh, that's not fair. And I have a new student in the class today, and he's from um, a bad school where they taught him poorly, and he's a little bit behind the rest of the class. But we're giving him a chance to catch up to the rest of the class. And Students, that- please meet the new student. Hey, it's me. Um, I don't really fit in here, um, and I I don't get good grades, but it's not because I'm bad. It's because yeah. I'm more advanced Stupid. in the class, and my name is Young Peter Larangis. Oh, that's cool, actually. Yeah. Fuck, so that's really cool. So what's up? Uh, is this a segment where we try to figure out what's cool? What is cool? This is a class where I give you a prompt about mm. something that may or may not be cool, and you tell me whether or not it's cool. Yeah, and I'm Young Peter Larangis. Yeah. Hello, everybody, Mrs. Hat sang, walking in with two bags of groceries. Clunk. She set them down on the counter. I'll be right back with the other bags. As I was saying, Christy began, Karen rushed into the kitchen. Yum. Did she buy any string cheese? Then Steve shuffled in after her and pulled a box of crackers out of one of the bags. 
cool, he said, <laughs> tearing it open. <laughs> and so what you're... And I guess my question for you yeah. is, can I get a call on... A string cheese cool. <laughs> crackers. Okay. Or crack and this crackers cool. Can I give a nuanced response? Yes. I don't think it's crackers that's cool. It's who's handling the crackers. Steve? Yeah. And so if you're the kind of guy who, when somebody hands you food, like food, and that's just yeah. kind of a boring food, it's like a Ritz or something. If you go, cool. Cool. That's cool. That is cool. So it's not the food itself that's cool. It's okay because I kept eating crackers today in front yeah. of my wife, like yeah. very conspicuously. Like, yeah. look at this cracker. Yeah, and nothing. <laughs> she never. She didn't react. So what else? Do you have something else? We're out of time. Me? I mean, Anne finally reveals her stance on creationism, but we don't have enough time to get into it. What? Just um, quickly, is it pro or con? Hard to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's just so much, but we just don't have time, and it's time to go. And it is time to go, and it's time to leave, and unfortunately, it's time to go. And what we do when it's time to go is we get the fuck out of here. And uh, oh, do we? Am I still young, Pete Lorenzo? I feel like we should an- close that. Should out. we? A- and see. see and see. You wish you were still young, Pete Lorenzo. I know it felt. I felt very powerful. Yeah. In the moment, and uh, what we do is we like to leave and go, and. Um, the way that we do that is first we ask you some stuff. And the things okay. that, that we ask Me? you, not you, the little baby. Oh, okay. Uh, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, it's tons of fun. And we have a new episode every week. And it's only $5 a month. And we sing the descriptions. And you can find it at patreon.com slash BSCC podcast. Join the growing ranks it's of the good. straw babies. People like it. Yeah. It's good. And please rate and review our show on Apple Podcasts. If we manage to transcribe Pete's DM to the iBook store as yeah. a review, market is market helpful. is helpful, obviously. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, I would like to say that we read a novel this week that was called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number Twenty Seven: Claudia and the Lighthouse Ghost. And next week, we are going to be reading a novel called Babysitter's Club Mystery Number Twenty Eight: Abby and the Mystery Baby. Ooh. Oh. That sounds good and it sounds so fundamental. How yeah. have we not done a mystery baby yet? The mystery that's at the core of their identity. And then the next one will be Mystery Club. The next one's going to be Mystery Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the meantime, I would like to tell you that my name is Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. And please do remember to round off the corners in your bedroom, drown all your dolls, call your senator and demand your right to bear time, and do not forget to let daddy love you as much as I do. Remember the Delaney's, remember the trip man, take your dream horse through that maze. Claudia is wearing a bra now, and the way she talks, you would think that boys had just been just been invented. Invented! Fashion idiots. What's a dentist shirt? Um, <laughs> though that we know, I yeah. We, and then I, someone, no, uh, someone, a- Abby says something in Infernal at some point. Um, okay, uh, it's None just it's all it's so it's so dense, and this is what Pete does, and he just yeah. 
and I, like I'm thinking, like, should we do, do, do two episodes on this book? And it's, I, there's just so much calculus orbicles. <laughs> yeah, Jenny talks about calculus orbicles, right? Or Claudia does. <laughs> that was a headgum podcast. <laughs>